Hey, Rich Paramount, welcome to our podcast. We really hope this message encourages and challenges you as you walk with the Lord every day. Enjoy this message. All right, man. Isn't the Lord good? The Lord is good. He's amazing. All right. How are you guys doing? You're good? All right. All right. You can take your seats. Man, I love being in the house of the Lord. Such a privilege always to share, to speak with you, um, with our church, with the best church in the entire world. Man, I love being here. I love, I love the way we worship. I love the way we just uh, give the Lord honor in this place because he's so worthy of it, right? He's so worthy. Man, thank you, Jesus. You know, just before I get started, I always have to just shout out our pastors, Pastor Omar and Pastor Lethe. Uh, man, just amazing. Man, just the best leaders you can ask for, honestly. Of course, we got Pastor Isaac and Liz, Pastor Rob and Carly, our evangelist John, Christina, and then of course my brother and sister-in-law Jacob, Pastor Jacob and Linda. Um, man, just, just amazing, just amazing team we have, and I'm just so honored to be here um, and excited to share tonight. Um, Matthew chapter six, verse thirty-three, short passage, but we'll get into the context of it in just a moment. But I'm just going to read it really quick here. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. So at the core of our faith is a hope that we have in Jesus, and it separates us from the rest of mankind. The 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 Jews had 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 the Lord as their Savior, but when Jesus came, He united the entire world under one faith, under one banner, under Jesus. So we have this hope that we have in Jesus. So we know that we believe God is good. He is supreme. He's um, almighty. He's sovereign. He's in control. His love is deep. It has no end. Um, his glory resounds throughout the heavens. There's nothing too hard for God. Let me say that again. There's nothing too hard for God. Nothing surprises him. Nothing catches him off guard. Um, the Lord does as he pleases, as the scripture says in Psalms. Um, and he's most worthy to be praised as, as we've gathered here tonight. We're, we're lifting up the name of Jesus. Um, his beauty is beyond description. You know, John has a testimony um, when he had a vision of heaven and he saw the Lord and his, his eyes were like fire, his hair like wool, and he fell before the Lord just in awe. Um, and we know the Lord is like, when we, de- when we describe God, these are attributes of the Lord, of how good he is, how faithful he is. And, and we can read those things and, and we know them, we believe them, we sing about them. Um, and I just don't want us to lose, lose that, the truth of it all. Um, God is limitless. We've, we seem and demonstrated in our lives. And um, I think for all of us here, we're, we're exemplifying the priority of being in the house of God, following the Lord, being here at midweek. And we've made this, a, most of us have made this a habit of our life, right? We, we're going to the house of the Lord. I'm committing my life to Jesus. Um, and so what we prioritize in our life not only reflects our values, but it is, it is demonstrated in the fruit of our life. And so what we prioritize, what, we, but what excuse me, what we prioritize and, and what make, we make first is demonstrated in what we do and, and what comes out of us. And so um, before I go further, I just don't want you to misunderstand um, what I'm saying. So I'm going to give a small disclaimer. So um, as we follow the Lord, we know that um, 
it's not going to be all rainbows and roses and um, you know it's it's not um, I'm not suggesting that you know to be considered blessed or following the Lord we have to have a certain amount of money in our bank account or not face any family issues or our metal, marital problems or tragic loss um, nothing like that I don't, I don't want you to get uh, you know hear what I'm not saying because um, in fact Jesus said you know in this world you have many troubles but he followed it up with take heart for I've overcome the world um, the message, I like how the message says it. It says in John 16, I told you all this so that trusting me, you will be unshakable and assured, deeply at peace. In this godless world, you will continue to experience difficulties, but take heart, I've conquered the world. And so through it all, we can have the peace of God. Through it all, we can be content. We can just, um, walking with the Lord, no matter what's around us, we are content. We, we know who we are. We're children of God and the Lord's got us. So we can be in that place at all times. Um, so again, we're going to face things around us. We're going to face calamities, but we can be content in that place, no matter what happens. Um, from time to time, the Lord will remind me to put on joy. Like I have to put on joy. I have to choose. I have to shift my perspective and joy. And, and most recently in some of our worship sets um, in the last couple of weeks, it's like, hey, let's sing about joy. Let's talk about the joy of God. And so we have to put it on. It's a, um, it's just, it's a, a perspective shift in us. And so walking with the Lord and, and being close with him will produce in us a life that will let people know that we've been with Jesus, right? There's going to be this, this outward expression, or, or people can tell. There's something that sets us apart, Christ followers. There's something that sets us apart. And so it reminds me of uh, Peter and John when they were going before the religious people, and they were telling them not to preach Jesus, not to preach uh, this gospel. And they recognized that they were, they were different. They were untrained. They were uneducated people, but they saw that they had been with Jesus. There was something different. There was something that stood out uh, um, differently about them. And so... What does it mean to seek first the kingdom of God? What does it mean? What does it look like? We build our life on Jesus, the solid rock. It means that we stop worrying. We put away selfish ambition. We recognize the hope that we have in Jesus. And in turn, we'll display the fruit of the Spirit as an overflow. It's just a natural byproduct of walking in step with the Holy Spirit, walking in step with the Lord. So we're going to talk about a little bit about what it means to seek first the kingdom of God. Does that sound good? All right, so um, let's pray. Let's go before the Lord in prayer. Lord, we, we thank you for tonight. We thank you for your presence. God, thank you for the privilege it is to be in your presence, to be called daughters, to be called sons of God. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Lord, we pray that you would be with us tonight, that you speak through your word. Lord, we want to live lives full of faith. We want to live freely with, with joy, with all confidence in you, to have complete trust in you. Help us to be more like Jesus and to seek your kingdom above all else. In the mighty name of Jesus, we all said together, amen. Can, can you play? Yes. Thank you. Man. Number one, we're going to build our life on the solid rock of Jesus. Build our life on the solid rock of Jesus. And so let's go back to our main scripture um, that I just highlighted here and read the context of what Jesus is saying. And, um, if you know anything about this portion, you know, it's, it's a part of a larger sermon known as the Sermon on the Mount that Jesus is preaching from. There's so much, so much good, just wealth of, of, of just insight from Jesus in these uh, four, five, six, seven uh, chapters in Matthew. But Matthew 6, verse 25, 
says this, and that is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life. And the ESV says, do not be anxious about your life. Whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear, isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or soar food in barns for your heavenly father feeds them. And aren't you more valuable to him than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing, yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown in the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? So don't worry about these things saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. Ooh, that's good. These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers, but your heavenly fathers are your heavenly father already knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. Man, that sounds like a complete life, a full life, just a worry-free life. Let's go back to the ESV. It says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things that we just talked about, all the worries, all the cares of the world will be added to you. Isn't it, isn't it wild? So much of the things that we worry about, that we strive for in life is, is found in what Jesus said not to worry about, not to be preoccupied with. Um, you know, it's, it's one thing to, you know, we, we want to have some fashion. We want to have good things in life. Um, but if that is our priority, I think we're missing it. I think, I think we're missing it because, you know, every season is going to look different. We're going to be we're doing this and doing that. But what we prioritize as a whole for our life, if we're pursuing something temporary, it's not going to last into eternity. Can I tell you something? It's liberating when you realize that life is more than the fluff of social media that people post. It's about loving God and loving people. When you realize there's more value in building the relationships around you than it is to pretend online, there is life there. You know, I, I think we, um, I don't like things when they're complicated. When I have a problem, I like to simplify them. I like to make them easy and clean. Um, when there's some, when I, we can complicate the word of God, we can complicate what the simple gospel is. And it's simple. It's, it's simple, loving God and loving people. It's not this and that. There's, it, it can be really complicated. But when you just make it simple, down to earth, it's something that I can do. It's something that you and I can do. Um, and, and we can all fall in the trap of making life about us. Um, but we are most fulfilled in our relationship with God and we cultivate relationships around us. And so um, the Paul, Apostle Paul said it well. He's going over his resume about what he's done in his life. And um, this guy, he was smart. He was scholarly. Um, he knew the word. He knew the word. He was well-educated. But he says this in Philippians 3, 7 through 11. I once thought these things were valuable, but now I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done. Yes, everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I've discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage so that I can gain Christ and become one with him. I no longer count on my own righteousness through obeying the law, not of my own effort. Rather, I become righteous through faith in Christ. For God's way of making us right with him depends on faith. 
I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. I want to suffer with him, sharing in his death. And the ESV says, I like the way it says, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. So that one way or another, I will experience the resurrection from the dead. This is an eternal perspective that Paul is sharing here. He's like, I, I've done it all. I've got a resume that no one really can compete with, but honestly, it's worth it. It's garbage. Elsewhere, he says, to live is Christ, but die is gain. He has, something has shifted in his, in his heart, in his mind about how valuable, or how, how, how valuable eternity is. What are we building our life upon? What, what are the building blocks that we're using to shape our life? What are we doing with our life? Really, think about it. Um, in that same Sermon on the Mount, Jesus later says this in Matthew 7, 24. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And we just sing about this. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand and the rains fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against the house and it fell and great was the fall of it. So in all this calamity and all that's going on around us in our lives, if we're not rooted on Christ, if we're not centered on the, on the rock of Jesus, we're just going to be moved. We're just going to be moved left and right. Are we moved by the opinion of the day? What's the narrative of the media? Oh, I got to, man, do you hear what they said? You heard what they said? Um, the last two years, I, I think we call it the, like the great revealer, the great revealer of the faith of, of the people or, or lack thereof, or lack thereof. Um, I think it's a wake-up call, really, um, to reevaluate. Was, is my faith really on Christ or is it on my own ability? Who am I really putting my trust in? Or where am I spending my time? Where am I spending my time? What am I doing? What are, what are we doing with our life? Um, you guys like Wally, the movie Wally? I, I love that movie because it has like such a cool just introduction scene with no no real dialogue except Wally roaming around. Um, but if you don't know about Wally, which I think most of us do, but if you don't know, the, the Earth has become uninhabitable. They've left in these in the ship. Um, the people just really are served by robots. They're not walking around. They're just carried, and they're just they're they're just merely existing, right? Um, and I just remember this one scene um, that that came to mind is when there's they're kind of snapped out of this like some of the, the character the human characters are snapped out of. The, the trance that they're in watching, they have like the screen in front of them and they're just in this trance. And all of a sudden they come out like, we had a pool, this was here. And they were just existing, really boring, no point to life. Um, and that's how many of our lives look without Christ. A life built on the sand is a life built on the temporary. It's built on feelings, it's about being swayed by opinion here and there. But I want to live for something eternal, something that will last. With There is a purpose to life with Christ. There's a purpose, there's meaning to it. The great Maximus from Gladiator, my favorite line in, in the beginning of the movie, he says, brothers, what we do in life echoes in eternity. And honestly, that's the gospel truth. What we do in life does echo in eternity. Um, it, it does vary on the gifts that we receive. 
for living for Christ. Number two, do not worry. Do not worry. How many here worry? No, there's a lot of worry here. I think we all raise our hands. Um, I'm reminded of, of, of what uh, evangelist David Diga Hernandez said just a couple of months ago. He was sharing up here. Um, and it just struck, with, it struck me to the core. Like it, it, it kind of just like it hit me. And I think it's worth repeating. Um, he read a few, backs, uh, a few scriptures back in, in what we read in Matthew 6. He says, No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. And so this following verse is where Jesus said not to worry about life. Um, and so Tika brought out that the reason we shouldn't worry is because we cannot serve two masters. He said worry is the, is the worship of money or is the worship of life. He says when we worry about money, it shows our faith is in money, the material, the temporary things of life. It's not rooted in the promises of God. And that really messed me up. That really messed me up because I worry. I worry all the time. When we worry, we're, putting, we're not putting our trust in God. We're putting our trust in money, in the things of this world. And we're supposed to have our faith in Jesus. Jesus said, seek the kingdom of God and all these things will be added to you. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. There's so many promises of God that are available for, to us if we just believe, if we just cling to them. One promise after another. And what I love is that this is the character of God. This is, this is who he is. Proverbs 3, verse 5 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. He'll make straight your paths. I'm just on the New King James. I remember um, six to seven years ago, I have this, uh, anytime I get like a prophetic word or there's a, a word given to me, I try to record it. And there's one from a prophet Mike Mestis, and first thing he was, you know, he just kind of pauses. He starts to say, he's like, you worry about so many things. He's like, you constantly think to yourself, I should have done this differently. Maybe I should do it that way. He's like, don't worry about these things. As if to say the Lord is saying, hey, just keep following the Lord. You're, you're all right. And we can, we can get caught in, up in that. Maybe I should do this. Maybe, well, if, if I didn't do that, then this probably would have happened. And, and so we kind of create scenarios in our head about the worst possible outcome and, and how often do they actually happen. So um, isn't God sitting on the throne? Does, isn't, doesn't God have the best intentions, the best plan for our life? So why, really, when we, when we think about it, the Lord is saying, hey, don't worry about these things. I've got you. Look at, look at the lilies. Look at the birds of the air. Aren't they taken care of? We just have to lean in. We just trust the Lord. Just, like, let go. Forget it. We're going to trust in the Lord. What is the kingdom of heaven is like? Is like? Um, I love what Jesus described the kingdom of God. Um, it's like, it's never one thing. It's always just this conglomerate uh, a group of many things, like a mosaic, really. Um, the many people groups of the world and cultures represent the kingdom of God. It's not one thing. And so he described it in various ways. And some of them are, are a mystery. And I love that we, he explained it to the disciples so we can understand what he meant. Um, Matthew 13, 44, 
says the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure that a man discovered hidden in a field. In his excitement, he hid everything. He hid it, he hid it again and sold everything he owned to get enough money to buy the field. And again, in the next scripture, verse 45, again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant on the lookout for cho choice pearls. When he discovered a pearl of great value or a pearl of great price, he sold everything he owns and he bought it. If this kingdom of God is the, of utmost value, so much that you drop everything and you have to sell it to buy it, it's, it can't be a small thing. What do we gain by ignoring the greatest gift available? Jesus just said it. He's like, what, pro what is the profit of man to gain the whole world yet lose his soul? So there's something to eternity. There's some, eternity matters. Eternity matters. I was listening um, to a podcast this last weekend with Rita Springer, and she was interviewing um, this, I think he's a pastor. He grew up in New York, no father, just, man, heavily involved in drugs as an early teenager. Um, and his testimony, honestly, reminded me of, of some of the testimonies here in this room. And um, he had no church background, really, he didn't. Um, he, obviously, he, he knew of the Lord. He, he said that he knew of God. Um, I think he, I think he went to some like a Catholic school or something, but he really didn't pay attention. And he was looking around just the, the group of older men he hung out with. They sold drugs, and he was like, "Is this it? Is this all we're gonna do? We're just gonna sell dope and just like smoke, and that's it? Like, there, is this all there is?" And uh, one of the guys said, "Well, you know, you live in the streets. The streets is gonna, are gonna get you one day." And he's like, "Okay, that's not gonna be me. That's not gonna be me." And so. I don't know, he, he didn't really describe what led him to do this, but he just, he walked home, he went into his kitchen, he's like, Lord, God, if you're really there, then you must be the answer. If you, if you said who you really are, if you really are Jesus, what, they, what the Bible says about you, if you're real, reveal yourself to me. He had this just tenacity. What 14-year-old does that, you know? He said, here's the deal. I'll give you the rest of my life to tell people about you. He said, I'm warning you, if you're real, if you're really who you say you are, I'm gonna tell, I'm gonna serve you the rest of my life. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, don't mess with me. <laughs> That's what he said. He said, if you're actually real, honestly, here's the deal, I'll, I'll, I'll give the rest of my life. And right in that moment, he had this encounter with the Lord. He described it as, as fire and the love of God just encountering him in the moment. He was, he was just bawling his eyes out. And he had this, just, he, in a moment, he, he was never the same. He said he, he left that day, and from then on, he, he devoted his life to Christ, just reaching the people that he, you know, he walked the streets with, and he's like, no, the, the Bible says that, you know, that you're, you're far from the Lord, you're going to hell. He's he just, he just telling them. He was forever ruined in that moment. He, he, hadn't, he encountered the king, the king of the kingdom. Um, this is the kingdom. Lives change, hearts turn from bitterness and hate to pure love. Peter described it from out, coming out of darkness into his marvelous light. So this is what the kingdom of God is like. It's valuable. It, it can change you in a moment. There's this song um, that, I, that I really like, and it's called All Is For Your Glory. And there's a, the second pre-chorus says this, For you alone will be exalted in that day. Worthless goals will be exposed as idols that we've made. And so 
as, as we're living life, we can be pursuing things that we're, we can make excuses for, like, oh, we can kind of reason why we're doing what we're doing. But at the end of the day, they could be just idols that we're placing in front of the Lord, brushing them off, like, oh, they're important. I, I need to do this. And we're just pushing the Lord out of the way because of our selfish ambitions. We place the Lord in front of the things. First uh, John 2.16 says, For the world offers only a craving for physical pleasure, a craving for everything we see, and pride in our achievements and possessions. These are not from the Father, but they are from the world. Like what the Amplified says. It says, For all that is in the world, the lust and sensual craving of the flesh, and the lust and longing of the eyes, and the boastful pride of life, pretentious confidence in one's resources, or in the stability of earthly things. These do not come from the Father, but are from the world. Life is short. We have to be careful what we do with our time and we're, what we are placing in our efforts. Is it is it temporary or is this eternal? Is what I'm doing today, does it matter? Does it matter in the eternity, on the long haul? Ask yourself that question. Is what I'm doing, is this, is this really over the long, because, you know, there, again, there are seasons of life that we, we have to have, we have commitments to, but over the long haul is, is the course of our life. Are we, are we living with eternity in mind? Number five, we have to display the fruit of the spirit. This is kind of like the, the core of what I want to talk about here. Um, Galatians five says this, but the Holy spirit produces this kind of fruit in our life. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. Those who belong to Christ, Jesus, have nailed the passion, desires, and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our life. I'm a firm believer that the person who is walking with the Holy Spirit will have inward transformation that expresses itself in outward manifestation. So it's the inward perspective that indicates to me where my life is built upon. You see, when I'm seeking the kingdom of God first, I'm surrendering my will and following the Holy Spirit's lead. And if we know the Lord, he leads us in all the ways that's best for us. And so the, the nature of God is to bring life from death, to establish rivers in the desert that those who trust in him Will never be without this this is the better way this is the better way I've, I've just caught up in this revelation that that and when I'm considering this idea that um, that when I when I recognize um, that I'm, I'm worried that I've that I'm, I'm envious that I've I'm comparing myself when I pride I'm I'm not centering my life on the Lord it's always inward. It, that just shows me I'm, I'm looking inward. I'm looking inward. I'm looking everywhere else but the Lord. And um, it's everything that's counter to Jesus when you're feeling that way. I think that's a, that's a good marker for ourselves is how, how I'm feeling right now is probably what I'm thinking and what I'm doing. Um, there's a peace that comes when you place your trust in Jesus. There's a peace. There's a hope that's found. And um, what we just read is the end result of what, what it's like to seek the Lord. The kingdom is Jesus. And so, is it really that simple? Is it really that simple? We can complicate it. Yes, it is that simple. Is it difficult to walk in this way? 
I think it's only as difficult as it is for us to let go, for us to surrender. I mean, if Jesus said, this is, don't worry about these things, everything's gonna be all right. If, if that's what Jesus said, then we're supposed to live that way. We're, so, we're supposed to abide in the vine, like he said, abide in him and he with us. And we're, we're just gonna be in communion. We're gonna walk in peace. There is real peace. There is real joy. There is real love. There's real harmony when we walk with the Lord. Our human nature is to control everything. We just wanna hold on tight. You know, when, when we're not in control, we freak out. Um, let's back up a few verses in Galatians, verse 16. It says, but I say, walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. And so what's the key to living a life that's pleasing to God? Walk in the spirit. The Amplified, I've been using the Amplified. I love that the way it says here, but I say, walk habitually in the Holy Spirit, seek him and be responsive to his guidance. And then you will certainly not carry out the desires of, your, of the sinful nature, which responds impulsively without regard for God and his precepts. This is a life that is constantly in line with the Lord, just following the Lord, walking with the spirit, following his lead, following what the Holy Spirit wants for us. Um, Psalm 37 says, uh, verse 23, 24, it says, the Lord directs the steps of the godly. He delights in every detail of their life. Though they stumble, they will not fall. For the Lord holds them by the hand. When, this is what it is to follow the leading of the Lord. We, we mature in our thinking. We mature in, um, in what comes out of us. When we seek the kingdom of God, our life is fulfilled truly and fully, content no matter the circumstance. We know that Jesus is the only way to heaven. Okay, and it, At the end of it all, in eternity, Jesus is the only way to heaven. But he's also the, the best way to live. When we begin to prioritize the kingdom of God in our families, our relationships, our workplace, our businesses, there's a peace that comes. I'm fully satisfied in his presence. I'm fully satisfied. This is the complete, fulfilled life. So again, it, it doesn't mean that we're not going to have troubles. It doesn't mean that things are, are going to happen that catch us off guard. It's within those things, within those circumstances, I can have peace. I can be assured that the Lord is with me. And I know that he's, he knows it's already on the other side. He's got me. So this is, in my mind, this is joy, love, and peace. That's, that's an outward expression that happens inward because I'm focused, I'm rooted on Christ. And so we're supposed to live in this. We're supposed to walk in this daily. But that's up to us, whether we surrender, whether we're walking with the Lord or not. And we're fully satisfied in the presence of God. Man, I think that's a good way to live. That's the best way to live. All right, why don't, we, why don't we bow our heads tonight? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you for your spirit. Thank you for your presence in this place. God, we love you. We thank you. Yeah, Lord, do a work in us. Somebody say, change me, oh God. Change me, oh God. You know, before we do anything else, I just want to extend this opportunity to invite you to, to come in relationship with the Lord. Um, the Lord will meet you tonight. You just have to make a decision to follow him. Um, here's the truth. God loves you. I mean, I've talked about it all night. God loves you. He cares for you. 
His love is greater than anything you can imagine. When you, once you experience it, you're ruined for anything else. Um, I talked about how our lives are complete in the kingdom of God. And uh, maybe you're out there and you don't know him. You've never accepted Christ in your life. Um, the Bible says that sin separates us from God. Sin separates us from God. And there's no way to be good enough to reconcile that with reconcile that with the Lord, but that's why the Lord loves us so much that he sent Jesus to come and, and pay that penalty, pay the price for us that we might know him, that we might have be right relationship with him. And so all we have to do is, is put our faith in Jesus, repent, repent of the way we've been living, acknowledge our sin, and just follow after the Lord. And so if, if that's you, if you said, Omar, that's, that's me, I want to follow the Lord. I want to repent. Just lift up your hand. It's a simple thing. We just want to pray with you. Just lift up your hand. Or if you, if you walked away from the Lord for some time, you say, hey, I want, to, I want to come back to the Lord. I see the hand back there. Anybody else? I see that hand. Anyone else? It's simple. It's a simple gospel. God loves you. We just have to repent. We have to surrender. There, I see that hand. Thank you. Is there anybody else? Thank you, Jesus. His love is good. His love is great. Anybody else? Just lift up your hand. Simple. You want to join these that have already raised their hand? Anybody else out there? All right. So if you've raised your hand, I'm, I'm going to ask you to do something. I just want you to, I, I want you to come up here. Come on. Just come up here. We're going to pray. The people are going to pray with you. Come on. Just come up here. We're excited. We're not trying to embarrass you. We just want you to come to Jesus. Yeah, just come up here. Come on, join. Join as it comes. There you go. Man. Man, it would be my privilege to pray with you. Man, come on. Isn't the Lord good? Man. Amen. Thank you. Man, God is good. So I want you to just close your eyes. I want you to talk to the Lord. I'm going I'm to lead you in a prayer, but you just say it's the Lord. Say, Lord Jesus, I believe that you died for me. I ask you, Lord, to forgive me of all my sins. Come in my life and change me. Make me a new person. I commit my life to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, why don't we pray with them? Why don't we pray with you? So, Lord, tonight, we thank you for these lives. We thank you for surrendered hearts, Lord. We thank you for what you did on the cross that we can come to know you. Thank you, Jesus, for your love, for your faithfulness. When we are unfaithful, you are still faithful, Lord. Thank you that they're now a new creation. All things have passed. All things have become new here in this moment. God, do something new. Do something fresh in our lives. God, pour out your love on them. In Jesus' name. We bless you, Lord. We thank you for that. We thank you for your love. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 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 All right, one of the rest of us, why don't we stand? You know, I've talked about seeking first the kingdom, making Jesus, making the kingdom of God a priority in our lives. So reevaluate the direction that we're leading, what we're doing, how we're working, how we're living, how we're treating others. So if that's you, say, hey, I. I want to recommit my life to the Lord as far as making Him the priority. Why don't you come? You say, hey, I want to recommit the way I'm living 
to the Lord. Why don't you come? Why don't we pray? Why don't we repent of the way we've been living? That we maybe have been distracted by many things. Why don't you come? Say, hey, I'm going to refocus. I'm going to re-engage with the Lord. I'm going to step back into the place of prayer. I'm going to fall back in love with you to love others. Come on. I think there's more of us tonight. I think there's more of us tonight. When we pray, Lord, God, we want to walk with you. Lord, we repent. We repent for being so distracted, so being so prioritized with other things and not making you the first in our life. God, bring, it, bring us back to the first love. We want to experience the fullness of what you have for us, Lord. We surrender, we surrender, we surrender here. Lord, we're ready to live it out. We say yes. We say yes to you. Holy Spirit, do what you want to do. Holy Spirit, do what you want to do. Thanks so much for listening to this message from Reach Church Paramount. To stay connected with us, follow us on Instagram or Facebook at Reach Paramount. To give and support this podcast and ministry, visit our website at reachparamount.com slash give.